Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. We think, we believe that social media is actually having a huge impact on the recruitment market. Um, From the candidate side, it's become the preferred way for looking for a job. And from the client side, it's become a quite efficient way to locate uh, qualified candidates. This is an interview with Don Spetner. He's the executive vice president at Corn Ferry International. They're the largest executive recruiting firm in the world. He was on this podcast last year. He uh, spoke about a study that um, I was involved with with him and PRSA and um, um, Trendstream, which is a market research firm in the UK. We did a study called the Digital Readiness Report. It was about the skills hiring managers are looking for from marketing, PR, and corporate communications executives in today's job market. That report is still available. You can get it at ericschwartzman.com or just Google 2009 Digital Readiness Report. Um, this interview is um, about... Uh, uh, the business uh, Corn Ferry's in and how they're using social media uh, for recruiting. It was conducted in association with a book I'm writing um, with Paul Gillen called Social Marketing to the Business Customer. That book will be released by Wiley uh, in January 2011. Um, one of the things I want to mention uh, about the website at ontherecordpodcast.com, a couple new features, we've put up one of the Facebook like buttons. So if you... Uh, enjoy listening to the podcast on the website, please take a moment and click the like button. Uh, it's a way for us to get more visibility on Facebook and find new listeners. Also, uh, you'll find uh, we're now using the tweet meme uh, Twitter like button on the website as well. So if you enjoy the podcast, I would appreciate it if you take a moment uh, to go on over to ontherecordpodcast.com, uh, click the Twitter like button, click the uh, Facebook like button. Um, I'd appreciate that. Uh, and now I'm going to play for you the interview uh, with Don Spetner in its entirety after this. On the Record Online is the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference. To hear in-depth one-on-one interviews with PRSA conference keynoters, presenters, and panelists, search keyword PRSA on our show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Join us October 16th through 19th in Washington, D.C. for the PRSA 2010 International Conference. The big change really came with LinkedIn. Uh, I don't think Facebook ever really had strong commercial application, certainly not at the mid or senior level. Uh, Twitter's used somewhat to post jobs, but from the candidate side to look for a job, um, LinkedIn has slowly built so that now it's a very viable way for people to look for jobs in a number of ways. Um, One, good old-fashioned networking, because you now have online not just your network, but your friends' networks. 
so you can put out a notice that you have particular skills or you're looking for something in a particular industry. You can join groups uh, like the Corporate Communications Executive Group, uh, which is a field that I know well, where people will post jobs or where, again, you can share that you're looking. You can get friends to recommend you. Uh, in many cases, very reputable, high-placed friends will recommend you, and you can post that on your site, which is attractive to employers. And finally, um, LinkedIn has a job board as well that you can go um, apply for jobs on. And the amazing thing about the power of social media, when you apply for a job on LinkedIn, you can actually see either who you personally know or who you know that knows someone at the company that's posting the job. In many cases, you might even know the actual hiring manager, which is an incredible advantage for a uh, candidate. Why is it that LinkedIn is the dominant social network for uh, job hunting and recruiting? What is it about LinkedIn that's different than the other ones? Uh, LinkedIn solved a problem that has really um, bedeviled the recruitment industry, and that is they have found a way to keep individuals in, in the database and updating their information. So historically, the problem in recruiting has been you can get people to join your database if you're uh, sixfigures.com or hotjobs or cornferry.com for that matter. It's very hard to get them to voluntarily and, and frequently or consistently update their data. Cornferry learned this the hard way. When the Internet first hit the scene in the late 90s, uh, we believed it was going to change recruiting. And we went public and raised a couple hundred million dollars, a big chunk of which we used to start a business called Future Step, which we thought was going to allow us to finally compete in the mid-level market, uh, where historically it, it was bad margin, too much labor, not enough fee. Um, because we thought we could use the Internet to drive people into a database, clients could just sort the database, and we'd automate the process. What we found, and what all job boards have found, is that candidates would come in, enter their data, but the minute they got a job, they'd never go back to our database again, which meant that the database was out of date quickly, which also meant that you had to um, spend a lot of manual hours updating your database, which defeats the purpose of automation. So LinkedIn solved that issue. Um, but the other thing LinkedIn did that's really remarkable, and this is, a, is the true genius of social media, is it allows clients for the first time to get to what we call passive candidates. That means candidates who are not looking for a job. So on job boards like Hot Jobs or Monster, essentially everyone who's going there is someone who's looking for a job. In the recruitment business, quite often your most valuable and sought-after candidates are those that are not looking for a job. We call those passive candidates. LinkedIn is filled with passive candidates. Uh, I personally am on LinkedIn. I'm not looking for a job, but I keep my data updated, and I'm on there quite a bit. Uh, and the majority of people are that are members of LinkedIn. And that's an incredible breakthrough in the recruitment business. So um, 
how does uh, LinkedIn change the way Corn Ferry goes about procuring candidates for clients? Um, we are using LinkedIn actively in our searches to supplement how we do search. In our business, it's not impacting us as dramatically as those in the mid-market. We're at the very high end of the market. Um, minimum salaries of about uh, 250 to 300k a year. That's the minimum that we place. So right now, we're seeing a little less of an impact, but I think if you project it out five or ten years, um, it'll probably have a much bigger impact on our business, and we'll, it'll have to be a fact of life in our business. That may mean um, either we continue to move further upscale, we continue to diversify the services that we offer beyond just finding candidates, um, and that's that's really our strategy now. We think the finding of candidates is becoming commoditized. The real value add comes in the real assessment and fit of a candidate, uh, and then in follow-on services to make sure you retain the candidate and that you maximize the performance of the candidate. The last time uh, Don Spetner of Corn Ferry was on this show, we spoke about a report that uh, we had done um, called uh, the Digital Readiness Report. And I was the lead researcher, um, and I had the support of Corn Ferry and the Public Relations Society of America and Trendstream, which is a market research firm in the UK. And uh, basically what we did is we talked to hiring managers and we asked them, hey, what sort of skills are you looking for from candidates today? And across the board what we found was uh, that if you don't have social media communication skills, you are not competitive in today's job market. Um, if you're looking to get those skills, um, if you're at a company now and you're looking uh, to learn how to actually apply social media strategically for business communications and marketing and public relations and public affairs, or if you're a job seeker and you're looking to reinvent yourself digitally, join me Wednesday, August 18th and Thursday, August 19th, 2010 for the Social Media Boot Camp in Los Angeles. Now, this is a course that I've been teaching for the last five years, um, and uh, I've taught it all over the world. I've taught it for the uh, United States Marine Corps, uh, the U.S. Department of State, the uh, United States Embassy in Greece, um, the uh, Government of Singapore's uh, Ministry of Information, um, City National Bank, uh, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, and many others. And uh, this is a chance now for you to bring your laptop, uh, log on, and uh, go through a series of exercises, including setting up a social media monitoring dashboard um, so you can basically see anything that moves against a keyword online with entirely free tools. I'm going to show you all sorts of free tools you can use to uh, search engine optimize uh, a website and um, uh, also walk you through that process. Um, I'm going to teach you how to build a blog, how to um, synchronize a Flickr account with that blog, um, how to blog a YouTube clip and a widget, um, and I'm going to teach you also the basics of blogging and blogger relations and where to find free royalty-free royalty photos um, for pretty much any blog posts that are appropriate. I'll also teach you the basics of podcasting, um, and I'll teach you where to get free music for your podcasts, and, and I'll give you a bunch of case studies of what's worked and what hasn't, and then we'll go through social networking, and we'll talk about uh, applications of Facebook, 
Twitter, LinkedIn, and other social networks for communications. Um, by the way, I'm currently writing this book on B2B social media communications, so there's a lot of great B2B content in the social media boot camp. If you can join me, it's going to be Wednesday, August 18th, Thursday, August 19th, 2010 in Los Angeles. It's taught at Microtech, and that's right by the LA um, International Airport. Maybe about five minutes from there. If you can make it, uh, log on to uh, socialmediabootcamp.com. You can sign up there. It's a relatively small class. This is not like a big conference. So if you're interested, sign up as soon as possible. I mean, it, it, it usually, if it doesn't sell out, it usually gets pretty close. Um, so again, socialmediabootcamp.com. Uh, join me Wednesday, August 18th, Thursday, August 19th, 2010 in Los Angeles. Thanks. So we've spent a lot of time looking at the science of how do you assess candidates. Beyond good interviewing skills, uh, there's a whole body of knowledge and research out there around assessing candidates. And we now, in every search we do, we do, and we're the only search firm that does this, uh, we have an online assessment that we have candidates take that's fairly sophisticated that looks at um, not just how they appear, meaning how they interview, but actually how they think and their emotional makeup. And we do an exercise with clients where we ask clients to identify what are the most important competencies or leadership characteristics for success in this particular job and in your particular firm. And then we match the two up using this online assessment. So it, it's actually quite sophisticated, um, uh, what they call IO psychology. Um, that we apply to our searches now. And we think that's going to get more and more important as the search part of recruitment gets more and more commoditized. Would you, um, is there any uh, um, generalization you can make about how many of your clients are um, selling products and services to other businesses versus to consumers? We serve the full spectrum of clients, so it's going to be everybody from Pepsi to Microsoft to um, GE, they're in every imaginable business, whether that's B2C or B2B. Our business is a B2B business because all of our clients, uh, we only uh, get revenue from companies, not from individuals. And so when you look at um, how social media changes the way you get in front of clients, um, what are your thoughts? We are actively using and experimenting Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, to date, our, most of our business, most of the revenue we generate is still coming from relationships at a very senior level. Um, what we're beginning to see, though, is that our consultants, remember we have headhunters in uh, 76 offices in 42 countries, and they drive our business. We're teaching them individually how to use the various social media um, outlets that are out there to promote themselves and to promote Corn Ferry. So we're kind of driving it through individual um, consultants, but we're using it quite aggressively. So when you say to promote themselves and to promote Corn Ferry, who are they promoting themselves and Corn Ferry to? To senior level candidates and to potential clients. So um, in my case, because I do search work, I uh, am very active on LinkedIn. I've joined four or five groups 
which ranged from former employees, uh, former employers, like I'm a member of the Nissan North America group, um, the Sun America group, both places where I worked. Um, and then I joined industry-specific groups that are helpful to me, like corporate communications executives. Um, I use that to source candidates, but also to post jobs that I'm doing searches for and to promote my practice and myself. And we're encouraging all of our consultants to do that within their industries and to take advantage of their networks. So in the old days, before social media, um, you know, there was you know, the basic channels for business-to-business -business marketing communications, trade right. events, conferences, uh, trade right. advertising. Now we see a common online marketing uh, tactic is either the white paper download or the webinar. Um, right. Are there any other channels or any other tactics that you guys are looking at or using or thinking about using that are outside of that? Well, I can tell you one very simple tactical change. Um, I write columns quite frequently in trade publications. And historically, I would have to order a reprint, which which were not cheap, by the way. Um, they could be uh, well over $1,000 per reprint. Um, and then I would type out little notes and print out my mailing list onto envelopes and stuff them and mail them. Um, now I have a link to the article. I tweet it. I post it on Facebook, and I post it on LinkedIn and reach not just my normal um, mailing list, but a whole host of other people as well. So right there you have a sort of dramatic, small tactical change, but has really increased productivity and lowered costs for us from a marketing perspective. You know, for so many years, uh, someone's contacts were seen as proprietary information. Uh, you know, right. I can remember the day when, you know, someone had a big fat Rolodex on their desk. It was almost a sign of power. Right. And so now you're saying, you know, you, people just share that information. They open that information up. And so my question is, how has social media changed the business philosophy of B2B marketing communications? Um. I think you're right in that contacts have been opened up and are being shared. I think the big change is that you have to learn how to nurture and maintain contacts um, using these new, using this new media. And that's a little bit of an art form in itself. Um, how often do you contact people? Uh, it's also, there's still a combination of the old school way of doing it. There's still nothing quite like breakfast and lunch and checking in with people and personal emails and, and notes every now and then. I think that's still a critical part of this. But um, from an efficiency point of view, you're foolish if you're not using a lot of these other tools that are out there. What tool do you use for a database? Well, we still have a proprietary in-house database at Corn Ferry which is extremely valuable to us because we, we put notes in there when we interview a candidate, we put compensation information, we put client reaction, and that's available to only Corn Ferry search consultants. But we're actually um, providing in-house training on how uh, new consultants can use LinkedIn as well to augment their searching. 
Do you think LinkedIn has become the database for many people in business? Are you seeing that? Um, for small boutiques, I'm talking about the recruitment business now. For boutiques, it's a godsend. Uh, because it allows them to build a, a global database with very little work. For companies like Corn Ferry that have offices around the world, we still have a built-in advantage of having a centralized database where uh, where we can put notes on candidates and share information that's truly global. Um, but I think for a lot of small businesses, uh, LinkedIn absolutely is becoming their database. I think that's where the real power and money, where the revenue will come for LinkedIn as a business development tool. Um, we're they can seeing, figure out how to monetize it. We're seeing social media really leverage, have a leveling effect on mainstream media news reporting. And I wonder, um, do you think the net effect of social media on business, just business as a whole, will it be negative or will it be positive? And you know, if so, how? I think it'll be extremely positive. Um, a client of mine at eBay, actually, who I was interviewing for our own research on impact of social media, said to me that with with uh, services like LinkedIn, you never have to make a cold call again. And I thought that summed up more succinctly than anything I've heard what the power of this is, this social media is for business. So you never really have to contact anyone without some sort of introduction because of this incredible network, networking tool that's out there. And I think that impre I think it increases productivity. Um, you know, you look historically at what hit rates were on direct mail, for example, um, I forget what they were, 1% or 2%. So you send out um, a 1,000 pieces, and if you get 10 responses, you did well. Um, that should change dramatically, given that you now have an introduction to almost anyone you want to reach. But at the same time, um, if you look at the size of like your Facebook friends or your LinkedIn um, contacts or your, or your Twitter followers – often the number of people who respond to a tweet is kind of in line with those direct mail ratios. Uh, I think that's true, but how, how many of those tweets are seeking anything? Most of them are just putting out information. I think for companies, particularly in the B2B space, particularly where um, you have a higher uh, revenue per transaction, in other words, you're, you're selling you're not selling 10 cent items or $2 items, but you're selling services that go for the thousands of dollars. A LinkedIn allows you to spend a fair amount of time up front doing incredibly good research and honing down your sales effort so that you're really reaching the right person with the right message. Last year, there was an article in the New York Times. I think I sent you a link to it about, you know, the hot job for the kids out of Ivy League schools is a statistician. They can go in and uh, to a company that's got all this data about how people use the content on their website and they can start actually extracting meaningful business intelligence from that data. Um, what is the hot job? What do you predict moving forward? What areas of business, particularly business-to-business -business, um, marketing, do you think will – where will the hot jobs be? What sector or what discipline? The real power, the real success for 
people coming into the workplace will be those that can marry uh, a deep understanding of all this new media with some of the basic old school rules of how to market and sell. Um, some techies get a little too carried away in the technology and they forget that people are still people out there. Um, and the ones that can marry both, I think, are invaluable. What's next for Corn Ferry? Uh, we're going to push pretty aggressively into this online world. We're looking at, for the first time, we're, we're thinking about how we might want to monetize the candidate side of things. Right now, our revenue comes strictly from companies that are looking to hire. But the people, the, I guess social media and the Internet have changed so much how people look for jobs. People are so much more in charge of their own career and marketing and job search. Uh and we have we own properties now, um, science around careers that we think it's time to start looking into how we might want to monetize the candidate side, and then we're going to continue to add science and rigor to the recruitment process to offer things that you simply can't get um, online anywhere other than Corn Ferry. And what advice do you have to um, you know job seekers? who are looking for some sort of a high-level gig. I mean, what, what should they be doing and what do they need to be focusing on? Um, they should be as specific as possible about what their skill set is and where they want to work. And they should use the tools that are now available that didn't used to be available to get directly to those people um, and companies where they want to work and where their skills make sense. Um, some people are getting overwhelmed by everything that's out there and uh, start to feel helpless. But I think the more you focus in on what it is you want to do and where you can be helpful and build your search around that, uh, the more successful you'll ultimately be. Also, don't rely strictly on uh, electronic avenues. Go out and meet as many people as you can. And networking is not just online. It's also in person. There's nothing quite like it. You know, it's interesting because at the beginning of the interview, you said uh, that the passive candidates are the ones that are often most attractive to your to your clients. Right. So it seems as though there's sort of like this scarcity issue or this exclusivity issue, whereas, you know, the less available you are, the more in demand you are. So if that's the case, I mean, is there a danger of candidates being too available and too aggressive via social media if they're job hunting? Um, we're in a weird and what I hope and believe will be temporary situation where you have a very high unemployment rate, almost twice of what it normally is or should be. So there's some truth to what you're saying right now because there's a lot of uh, struggling, desperate people out there who are quite good but just dealing with a tough economy. That will change and that will normalize. Um, and, I th and I think I would err on the side of being overzealous in this current bad economy um, because you need to be. So I understand what you're saying. There is a danger that you can inundate or overwhelm people by being too aggressive out there. But uh, these are desperate times and they call for desperate measures. I remember I, I interviewed a woman who specialized in uh, helping um, um, bands 
typically unsigned mm-hmm. artists not necessarily get a record deal, but you know find an audience and sell their music online. And sh- and you know we were talking about this idea of you know you don't want to think about uh, you know Led Zeppelin doing their laundry. You know it's sort of the mystique is gone. And if there was a former CEO of a major company or a CMO or you know EVP or some big time executive who's you know a little too hungry on on linkedin sending emails to everybody answering every question you know does that person then become less desirable in the eyes of a of a of a hirer i think you need to manage your online presence i mean we all know that feeling we all hide people on facebook that just post six times a day and we just get tired of it um so you do need to be conscious of of how obnoxious you might be in cyberspace. I think the other thing to remember, particularly from a job-seeking point of view, is the great, great value of social media is that it can provide you with introductions to people you want to meet. You still need to meet them in person. So don't overuse the electronic venues um, just to send out messages and make yourself present. Use them wisely. Use them to make your job, your networking easier, to ease your way into meeting somebody. But you still have to do it the old-fashioned way. You still need to get in and charm somebody. When you actually get a job, unless you're a technical writer and you never need to meet the person, um, you're going to have to go on an interview and present yourself. And it's a very personal um, interaction. So use the technology to help set up that personal action. Don't try and replace it with it. But my my six posts on Facebook are okay, right? You haven't, <laughs> you haven't hit me yet, right? And I'll see you for coffee next I, week. I, Eric, I don't know because I've hidden you. <laughs> coffee next week, right? We're, we're yeah. together. We're going to press the flesh. Don, listen, you you share the distinction of being the, 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 only the second person to ever be featured twice. Actually, yeah, the second guest, the only other is Steve Rebell, to be featured twice wow. in, on the record online. And thank you very much. This has been very useful, and I plan to include a lot of this in, in the book. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com on Twitter at OnTheRecord, or send email to OnTheRecordPodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com.